This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Rahul. We're not having a good time. Bubbles were burst this weekend. <laughs> you and I predicted a lot of exciting times for the game, Rahul. I thought we would have a London Derby win under the belt, but it wasn't to be my friend. First of all, before we get into the festivities, where in the world is Rahul this week? <laughs> I had to go in hiding, man. It's been... I thought we were coming out of the, the slumber, the Chelsea slumber from last season. Uh, but after this weekend, I had to go into hiding in farmland of Indiana. Yeah, Rahul is coming to me live from a cornfield right now. We're not going to put this one up on YouTube. <laughs> I can see him with the cornfields behind him, wind going in the background. He's definitely taken himself out of civilization, maybe to decompress from Chelsea. Listen, I'm just telling a couple of jokes here. He's he's out there in business. But Rahul, back to business. Chelsea business, obviously. 3-1, it ends. Did you really expect that? I didn't. But in hindsight, I did. Because it's Chelsea. <laughs> it's it's uh, West Ham's first game at home uh, this season. And so, even though I predicted, I think it was 2-0 based on the confidence that we got from the first game against Liverpool, this one was everything that is wrong with Chelsea at this (laughs) point, right? And even though we were the better team, we had more of the ball, we had more shots, we had multiple opportunities to score multiple goals, we ended up with just one, which is just like Chelsea. It seems to be the Chelsea of old. But listen, let me run through the starting eleven because I think we need to discuss that a little bit. It was a back three, four in the midfield. You could call it midfield with the wing backs, obviously. A two attacking threats of Carney and Sterling, and then Jackson coming to the back three. Colwell, Silva, De Sassi, no changes there. Rob Sanchez in goal, obviously. And then the four in midfield is Chilwell on the left wing, Malagusto on the right wing or right wing back, whatever you want to call it and Gallagher and Enzo partnering each other. So before we kind of go a little bit further, Rahul, all preseason long, we've mainly seen a 4-2-3-1. I thought we did decent with a 4-2-3-1. I think we had a a good outing, a good showing. We controlled games. Not to say we didn't control this game. We'll get that, get to that in a minute. But he changes to a back three for Liverpool. It's a 1-1. We make jokes about Salah and Colwell's pocket. Things are going well. I'm not sure if I expected a back three for West Ham. What are your thoughts on the formation and maybe sticking with a back three, given that we've played a 4-2-3-1 all preseason long? I, I was definitely surprised because we did think the four, I mean, the three, five, uh, two formation or whatever you want to call it from the first game was more driven by the fact that we wanted to expose Liverpool, especially with their their fullbacks pushing forward. We would have the ability to get in behind them. Um, but I did not expect it against West Ham. And honestly, it was, it was surprising because I thought this was the game we would go back to a four and go back to what we've been seeing in preseason. But that wasn't to be. And maybe it's driven by the fact that he doesn't have the players that he thinks he needs in midfield. He doesn't have the players that he thinks he needs uh, to control the game from midfield. And so he is continuing to put in an extra center back to to solidify that defense uh, while allowing the likes of Ben Chowell and Malo Gusto, in this case, provide the width and have the front three and, and the two wingers with Sterling and um, Carney and, and those two kind of being more but it was definitely a surprise for me. Yeah, listen, I don't know what the thinking is behind that, if he's wondering if West Ham are definitely a, a big threat. And listen, I don't want to discredit West Ham. I think they signed James Worth-Prowse, fantastic player, great set set piece taker as well. Benarama was terrorizing us. Bowen was doing good. Paqueta was crying a little bit here and there, but he even found a way to make you know moves for well, West Ham. <laughs> Go ahead. What were the odds of that? <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's not get into the gambling debate over here now. But no, I mean, you look at this Rahul and you wonder. But listen, if it's if it's three one to Chelsea, none of us are asking questions. The back three works, and obviously we don't want to discuss that. But it's a it's a dis- difficult one to take. And I want to single out Desassi for just a second here because I think you and I had kind of said he was a little bit shaky in that first half against Liverpool. Not saying the goal against Liverpool was his fault, but maybe he lost his man and, you know, one way or the other it happens that a goal goes in. But from there, Poch puts his arm around him. Maybe Thiago does. And and he has a very good game against Liverpool. And you and I sitting here going, another good centre-back. We're impressed. But I don't want to speak for every Chelsea fan, but he was pretty out of speed in this game. I think they were running by him several times. He showed a lot of his frustration and anger. I think maybe he didn't look like he was ready to play a London derby, but West Ham were ready to play a London derby. In fact, they got a red card later on. But what do you make of his performance? Do you think he's going to keep his position in this back three if we keep going forward? Honestly, it's... I'm not sure because we saw everything again from the first half of the Liverpool in this game. And he is new to the, the squad. He is new to the league. And, and I... I don't want to be too critical of him because it's a second game. But when you go away from home, and, and this is more, I guess, of a general t- uh, statement for the whole game, you know what you're going to get against the likes of a West Ham who are going to sit tight, going to sit deep. David Moyes has done this and built a career on it where they want to look for the opportunities and the gaps on the counter and, and look to, to exploit uh, gaps that you leave when you're you're pushing forward, and that's exactly what they did. And Disasi, and I don't think it's fully him. It's it's the whole back line. It's it's the goalkeeper as well. Where you just can't concede from opportunities that we've been controlling the ball and we've given it away, and we go right on the other end and, and concede. We really cannot. I mean, I'm going to come back and bring it a little bit early in the game. I think I talked about James Wood Prowse early on in that game. In fact, seven minutes in, he finds a way to assist his teammates. They get a goal. And as disappointed as I was, Rahul, I think you look at it and you go, the Chelsea of all season, we're crumbling. We're never coming back. It's over. But I had a little bit of hope, and I thought this team can definitely come back. And a player that's taken a lot of criticism has been Connie Chukumeka. And criticism isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it's one of those things where he's young. He's finding his style of play. He's finding the final product. But we were figuring out little pockets of space in that first half. And Carney kept getting into these pockets of space. But you could tell he was frustrated. His teammates were frustrated. But at some point, he says, give me the ball. Let me drop a shoulder. Maybe do a little bit of a flick here or there and smash it into the corner. And it meant a lot to this young man. And I'm building it up only this way because I'll ask you a couple of questions. Fantastic goal. But then, unfortunately, a few minutes later, he goes down to what we now know is a, a decent injury. And I mean decent, not in positive light, but he's going to be out for maybe a couple months now, and we've lost another attacking midfielder here and another attacking threat. So walk me through Carney's performance while he was on the pitch. He scores in that 28th minute, and I think he goes down around 40, 45 minutes there. He had a good, like you said, 40, 45 minutes capped off with that beautiful goal where we want players to, to drop a shoulder and find a gap and take a shot because too often we're found as a team that's trying to walk that ball in and we don't surprise the opponent. We don't surprise the, the opponent goalie by just taking a shot and, and save and maybe tips out and falls to an attacker uh, and they can put it in. But uh, Carney does everything well. And honestly, that was something that you could see gave him a boost, gave him confidence saying, you know what? I can be that guy. I can be the one that can that can bring my team back into this and maybe score a second uh, to take us ahead. And I think that enthusiasm maybe got to him a little bit. Maybe a poor ball from Jackson also impacted hmm. where he lunged into a tackle. Uh, and I forget who the West Ham player was. Maybe it was Emerson at the edge of their box where it was 1-1. Carney, if he had gotten that ball first, if Jackson had given it to him a little bit softer... Uh, he would have had the opportunity to maybe drop a shoulder again and take a shot and, and maybe get it on goal. But he doesn't. It's a little bit heavier. He lunges into a tackle. And you could see at that point he holds his knee 
and it's not that much after where he goes down and he says, yeah, I, I can't continue. My, my knee hurts or I'm just in pain. And it was just unfortunate. It's unfortunate timing. It's bad luck, whatever you want to say. It's Chelsea. Uh, but ultimately he goes off and, and that's where we really lost it because we came out in the second half and didn't look like we wanted it. We had a few chances here and there, but it just it just fell apart from the point Carney went off. And I'm not saying we lost this game because he got injured, but we almost lost it because we had to tweak things around in the system and we had to tweak things around uh, with players and we just weren't getting the same output. Yeah, I think everything you've said makes sense. I think what's disappointing is that we've signed a lot of good players. I wouldn't say quality players yet because some are yet to prove themselves. And, and Carney's in that bucket too, Raul. He has to do a little bit more. Unfortunately, he's injured now, so we wouldn't see what he gets to do over the next two, three months, however long it's going to take him to come back from surgery plus rehab and then just getting general match fitness, you know. But you go in 1-1, and like I said earlier when we started this conversation, feeling good, Chelsea are finding a way to come back. We get an opportunity to score and maybe go into halftime with a goal up. We get a penalty, and you and I were probably texting wondering, who's our penalty taker? Is it going to be Nicholas Jackson? Is it going to be a Reese James who was not on the pitch there? Maybe a Ben Chilwell? I don't know what you were thinking, Rahul. I mean, we were texting this back and forth, but I didn't think it was going to be Enzo that stepped up to take this one. I, listen, I know he can hit penalties. I know he's a fantastic passer of the ball. But of all the players that stepped up to take the penalty, one, were you surprised it was Enzo Fernandez? And two, how disappointed were you when he missed that penalty? <laughs> and, and we have to give credit to Raheem Sterling. That's someone that, you know, how, how greatly I feel about him. But that penalty comes from his 20, 25-minute cameo where he's basically dictating and, and creating chaos in that box for... Uh, for West Ham, and he gets fouled. And I thought it would be him, Raheem Sterling, taking the penalty, not because I wanted it, but he's taken penalties in the past. I know he's taken some for City. Uh, and just feel, felt like if he's won it, he should be taking it. But it turns out Enzo may be our first choice penalty taker, uh, which I, I didn't know what to make of it when he stepped up because he was... Sure, he's number eight, and we've seen a great number eight for Chelsea step up and score multiple penalties. But at that point, I didn't know his record. I didn't know if that was something that he's been doing uh, in his career up until this point. Turns out this was his sixth penalty in his career, so he's not had too much experience from the spot. And you could tell from when he steps up, he makes the run. I almost wanted him to have that stutter kind of uh, uh, technique. But he just goes and hits it, and Ariola guesses the right way, and, and we miss it. And I was honestly very disappointed because I thought if we go 2-1 up here, yep, yep, it changes the whole game, regardless of who gets injured, what happens beyond that point. At 2-1, West Ham have to open up. But they do have to open up. And that's where we would find gaps and ultimately hopefully kill that game. But that miss maybe dejected us a little bit and gave West Ham the, the belief and the, the opportunity to say, you know what, we can go ahead and maybe pick up a second goal here and, and win this. And I think that's key, right? I think if we score that game in that goal, we as a team are going to be comfortable. We're going to be maybe a little more confident. Not that I felt that confident dropped in that first half, but it just adds to its early part of the season. The team's still building on something and it becomes an important moment. It, it almost deflates us, which is sad to say because it was in that first half. Hopefully you think you go in for a second half and, and Pochettino's had 15, 20 minutes with the boys to say, shake it off. It happens. You guys have had 70% of the ball. Now go out and do something with it. Let's do something where we can maybe squeeze West Ham a little more. Let's change something tactically. Obviously, Mudrik has come on at this point for um, Carney. So you know that there's going to be a little more pace, a little more flair that's come into the game. And so I think between between us here, I was looking forward to that second half because while we haven't had a fantastic performance, there are definitely chances for us to come back and, and do something. But second half kicks off. And I think within 
10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. Antonio, who Rahul, by the way, I'll give him credit. He is a good player, physically strong. But last season was not his best season in a West Ham shirt. We saw him struggle a little bit for goals, for fitness. But he didn't miss the mark, man. He was ready to bully Levi Colwell. I think he made him look like the 19-year-old that we know he is, not the quality composed center back that we've seen recently. And he exposed Desasi as well. Desasi gave him space, backed off, backed off, and it was just a neat finish to the corner. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, but he exposed Sanchez as well, where maybe he couldn't get down quickly enough and and block it. Ultimately, it's a domino effect. All three, four guys are affected and, and it just goes in. And at that point, I'm wondering, can Chelsea come back now? What do they have to do to come back? But walk me through your feelings and thoughts when that Antonio goal goes in. Just like you said, how many people are going to fail to do their job before it's too late? And it was too late. I mean, you said Colwell, Thiago Silva is caught out of position. And it's not because he just decided to get out of position. We had the ball. We gave it away. And it's just a ping into Antonio who we, we I mean, you and I know we watched him for 10 plus years. He's been in this league for a long time. He started off in defense. He's played wing. He's now turned into a striker. And I didn't think he had it in, in, in him from that point because you can see what Disasi is doing is saying, all right, I'll just, I'll just usher you out. I'll usher you away from goal. And it's easy for you and me to say, well, maybe he should have just put a tackle in or, or continue to shove him or send him down the, the wing. But in the moment you think you're doing the right thing and you don't really expect him to rip a, a rocket from that angle uh, and similar to San, Sanchez maybe his positioning could have been better he could have anticipated that if he is going to go for goal it is going to be on my far post it's not going to be in my near post because Disasi is having that angle covered but again you don't expect that shot from that angle and you don't expect that shot from there so it's it's disappointing it's tough to take because we had the ball we gave it away and it's one West Ham player that basically takes the ball, runs into the edge of the box and rips it in hopes that it goes in and it goes in. And, and suddenly you're now under pressure. You're looking at the game a whole different way where you're saying it was 1-1. Maybe I could have hung on a little bit more and thrown on a couple more attackers, maybe put Caicedo on. But suddenly you're 2-1 down away from home and it's it's difficult. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time maybe you can remember we've come back no. from being a goal down. And, and that's what's difficult about the season is we had expectations of fight. And, and like I opened the segment and said, I was hoping that Chelsea wouldn't drop their heads and go. For, and, and to be fair, Rahul, I don't think we dropped our heads necessarily. I think it's just you could see clearly that the team hasn't had enough time together. The team hasn't had enough experience together where when that ball breaks from West Ham. And, and again, it's it's not I'm not going to call it a fluke goal. It's a well-taken goal from Antonio is what I'll say. It's a well-taken goal, but it's almost like Colwell's nonchalant. He lets him, kind of holds his shirt, lets him go through. And is kind of like, oh, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything, so I'll push you to the corner. And you look at that midfield, everybody's kind of trotting back and like, yeah, these guys got this. No, this is the Premier League. If he's not scoring, he's holding up the ball, and they're going to be runners. Everyone needs to do their job. And it's disappointing, not necessarily because, yes, Antonio has a great strike and it goes in, but Pochettino's teams are known for physicality, known for running back, known for never giving up. And so maybe just a slight confidence drop there or, or you know, lack of focus, like I said. So you kind of have to figure out what happens then. Maybe Poch has to drill it into them a little bit more. And I was watching some of the other pundits on the news, and I forget who said this, but he said he played for Poch. And Poch isn't necessarily worried about results in the first four, five, six games. He's worried about fitness. He's worried about his team doing the right things. And then obviously... The team will build from there. But listen, this is Chelsea. We've come off a really horrible season. And I'm not panicking, by the way. I, I'm just being honest and sharing my feelings here. But we're coming off a horrible season where we want to see results and see progression. And I don't think this is the way to see progression. So just something to think about, something to pay attention to. But ultimately, a goal goes in. Rahul, we try and we try and we try. But for most of that second half after the goal goes in, I saw a lot of crossing, and I'm looking, saying, who are we crossing to? Is this shades of last season? We don't have a six foot ten striker up there to tap it in like you and I play FIFA together. You come in with a, a big build and try and tap that in with a header. 
it definitely wasn't happening. What was the game plan in that second half when we came back on? It's I honestly I do, I don't know. It was to keep doing what you're doing, Raheem keep driving into the box, putting in low crosses, high crosses, um, and seeing what goes in. But once we went two one down, it, it I don't know if we were panicking, but we just didn't really have a plan to come back into into the game and for how great Jackson has been and he does attract the uh, the foul for the second yellow for the West Ham player to turn it into a red card and, and give us an advantage. But it's funny at that point when we went down or West Ham went down to 10 men, uh, Chelsea, the official Chelsea Twitter account said, red card to West Ham, kind of like, you know, this is our opportunity. Yeah. And I responded saying, yes, this is a lifeline for us, but just it'll just be so such like it'll just happen to be that West Ham go ahead and find the third. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just we you and I've watched this club for so long where we just know in certain cases where it's just not it's not gonna happen for us. We can be playing for another ninety minutes and we won't score a second goal because it's not that West Ham were great. They were they were good. They played exactly how we expected them to, but we just don't seem to have that cutting edge. We don't seem to have that creative eye to say, let's not keep going wide. Let's not keep putting in crosses, like you said, because Jackson is going to be crowded out by yeah. a Zuma uh, or an Agbona who comes on because we we want to, sure, we can put in high crosses, but we want to have someone maybe following up on the mm-hmm. far post where it, I think Mudrik had an opportunity, but he just completely messes it. And, I don't know. You and I predicted 2-0, 3-0. Maybe yeah. we were just delusional because when was the last time we scored that many goals? Listen, we were very delusional. I think this is a wake-up call. Again, I don't want to say I'm panicking and I don't want to say it's unexpected. It's a young team. Things have to change. It's going to take time to meld. But maybe as fans, we need to reel in our expectations a little bit more and say we shouldn't be coming out here all gung-ho expecting to beat West Ham, but we should be expecting a better performance than we saw. And I have to be fair, Rahul, I think when we had the ball, I did did see some good moments of football. I do think that he's building something here. Ultimately, I will say this, because I love that you brought up the Jackson conversation, because Nicholas Jackson has looked really, really good in preseason. He's been able to make assists and find goals himself. And I'm wondering, and and, and maybe this will show in time, the 4-2-3-1 will allow him to have an attacking midfield that's a little closer to him, someone he can kind of play off. I feel like with a 3-4-3, he's isolated up front and we're just hitting crosses and pinging crosses at him and saying, yeah, go fight these big Premier League defenders and hopefully you'll win a tackle or hopefully you'll win a header. Maybe he's he's a little bit more of play to feet, a little more intricate. And so once we change this, and yes, fans will say, oh, now we don't have Carney and now we don't have you know, in Kunku, who's going to do this? But Raheem played that position later on in the second half, and he was able to get a couple of nice touches in with Jackson. He was bringing Mudrik into play. I'm sure you can bring Conor Gallagher into that number 10 position. We've seen him played for Palace in the past and, of course, for West Brom. So it's a controversial topic. Maybe I don't want to go out and sign another player. We've seen Chelsea go sign play after play after player. Maybe let the ones that are here settle in first. And we'll figure out what happens next. I'll give you a minute to talk here, Rahul, before I wrap up the Caicedo debut and the penalty that happened later on in the game. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do tend to agree with you. It's Jackson has been good, but we still haven't seemed to solve the issue that we've had, not just last season, but the season before and the season before and the season before, which is we had, what, 17 shots in total on goal? And we still ended up having less shots on target than West Ham, mm-hmm. who had less shots in total than us. And I'm not blaming Jackson because he tends to come drop, drop deeper, which allows the players around him to, to push in behind him. But uh, with the absence of Nkunku, like you said, now Carney, who, who are the natural number 10 choices or choices that were linking up with Jackson, and allowing him to drop and maybe getting in, and those two were getting in behind him, we need to find a different option. We need to find an option where Jackson is the one maybe scoring, and and we do go back to a back four and and continue down the path that we've seen in preseason. 
because that is ultimately what Pochettino wants. That is ultimately something that he's done throughout his whole managerial career. And in fact, when he was hired, I think it was me, maybe you, we said his lack of flexibility is something that worries us. He doesn't change things around. He doesn't tend to move away from the back four. And now we've seen in two Premier League games that he's moved away and he's maybe proving the doubters and, and the, the, the people that ask the questions about his flexibility. But when you start a preseason, and that's the point of a preseason, it's not about the results. Sure, we were unbeaten in preseason, but, but at this point, do we even care we were unbeaten because we've already lost the Premier League game? Is to, to work in a system, is to work with certain ideas and certain philosophies. And yes, injuries play a part, but we can't be so reliant on an Nkunku or an Akarni to say we need to change our whole system because we've lost two players and we are losing them for an extended period of time. So unless we go out and say we're going to get a like-for-like replacement, which sure is a short-term solution, but when Nkunku comes back, when Carney comes back, what are we doing with this extra player we've now acquired, maybe as a purchase, maybe as a loan, and and that's where I want our club to be smarter because last January when we were hit with multiple injuries, we went out and added eight players. And yes, not all eight were part of the first team squad, but suddenly we bumped up our 25, 26, 27, eight-man squad to a 32-man squad. And that's where I'm concerned Where when fans say, oh, let's go out and get Jao Felix. Let's go out and get a... a checkery from Lyon or let's go out and get another youngster from from uh, France or even let's bring back an Aiden Hazard it's just we're adding more bodies to this where in the short term may work out it's not just competition it's really a blocking of progression of a path for a Carney and, and that's what concerns me but Maybe I've gone off of the path that you you wanted to be on, but that's just some of my thoughts about you know the injuries and and coming back to what to, oh, I'm saying Tuchel what Pochettino wants to do, which is start with the back four, and hopefully with Caicedo and Lavia coming in, that's ultimately where we go to with the next few games. Maybe you said Thomas Tuchel because you're so used to seeing this three four three formation, and so probably you, you, you've got some PTSD, <laughs> and not in a bad way. I understand what you're saying. I agree with most things you're saying, Rahul, but I'd take Aiden Hazard back for just for the vibes. I like that man in and around the dressing room. He's got some positivity. Maybe I wouldn't pay him, you know, that 200000 a week, but maybe a pay-as-you-play contract and he can come and but, just enjoy the time in the Premier League for a couple more seasons. <laughs> but let me ask you this. He, I, I can't even tell you the last time he played for Madrid. So he's yeah. clearly not fit. We give him a contract, what is it, August 23rd today. It's going to take him another two weeks to maybe get yeah. into a position where he can play. How's that solving any of our issues right now? So we're just adding another player, waiting two weeks. He's then had to get... Sure, well, the vibes and you and me being like, yes, Eden Hazard is back and we have a leader in the squad. And I'm not against it. I'm just saying directionally, it, it just doesn't seem like a good fit. L- listen, it's fair, but I think the only positive behind that is we are a very young squad, and so maybe adding a, a 32, 33-year-old who's honestly been there, done that, been at a difficult time in Chelsea when he came 10th and was able to bounce back the next season and do something great, maybe that alone, Rahul, mentality-wise, is what's needed. But some may argue that in his last few seasons with Real Madrid, he was overweight, he was maybe not in the physical fitness he needed to be, so maybe his mentality is gone. But he was always a positive space in Chelsea and always had a nice joke or smile to share. So maybe that's what we need in tough times as we rebuild this team. But coming back to actually the points that we want to discuss, I wouldn't go sign another player. Ultimately, Chelsea's going to do what they want to do, but we do have a lot of options. Well, we haven't even talked about Santos, who could play a little deeper and maybe bring, you know, a couple of other players to fill the position. And you talked about fitness. You talked about being ready. You talked about being maybe prime time ready and we spent a lot of money in this transfer window, specifically on one player, and that's Caicedo. 110, $115 million broke the British transfer record for the second time in six, six months. That's crazy alone to say. He comes in, a lot of hype around this player. Comes in around 60th minute or so, Rahul, and I think West Ham are moving towards being 10 men at this point. And so 
you're hoping it's a little bit of an easier debut for him. I will say this, and, and it's just an asterisk because it's his first game. There's still time to go. I was not impressed. I did not see what we paid $115 million for. Look, again, I, I know I don't want to get insulted and slated here. I know it's his first match. I know that he's been in and out of the Brighton team. He's not had a time to gel with the other guys that he's playing with at Chelsea. So a lot of excuses I can give him. But when we're struggling and we're losing 2-1, and as Chelsea fans, we are frustrated, and you put in a poor tackle at 93rd minute to give away a penalty on your debut, a lot of these things just don't sit well. And it's almost like, I think I texted you and I said, Brighton have robbed us in daylight, $115 million for a player that doesn't look ready, doesn't look like can make a tackle. And listen, again, I'm putting my hands up and saying it's an asterisk. He's going to get fitter. He's going to get better. But Raul, I hate to ask, what did you make of the Caicedo debut for the 30-odd minutes you had to see him in that game? Don't judge him with the start. Judge him with the end. We'll see. <laughs> and I don't mean the end of the West Ham game. <laughs> I mean the end of when he has his end at Chelsea. But no, look, it was... It's been a crazy summer for him. He's sure he's been part of West uh, Brighton's preseason and he's been in the U.S. and he didn't play against us in Philly, but he's been in and around the squad. His last game was at the end of July. If you're being technical, um, he's come in earlier this, this, this week. And I, I hate when... He's coming on, and I'm look. The commentators have to say what they have to say, right? But he's coming on, and they go, "Here comes the most expensive player in British history," and and they're not wrong. They're right because that's what we paid for him. But he didn't decide, or he didn't say, "You have to pay 150 million pounds for me." That was on Chelsea. That was between. The, that was the business between the two clubs. But he's coming on. Suddenly, there's this expectation there's this there's this pressure of saying here comes the most expensive player in in the history of british football and he's maybe a chelsea fan maybe not when you depends on who you ask but he's worn a chelsea shirt before as a kid he's now wearing it as a professional coming on for the club in a position where we're losing a game add all of that together in in knowing that he's not fully match fit it's just a difficult situation. And, and maybe I'm making excuses for him and, and in hopes that it will come good. And maybe I did the same for Kukurea. And maybe I've done the same for Rob Sanchez uh, a game before. Uh, because I don't want to buy into the notion that Brighton have robbed us in daylight for Caicedo. <laughs> because he is a good player. We, we know what we've seen in 49 Premier League games for Brighton. Um, but... Look, it wasn't a good debut. It wasn't a debut that you you hoped for. It wasn't a debut that any of any one of us would have wished upon him. And you almost wish that maybe this deal had gone through a week before or a week after where you're making your debut at Stamford Bridge. You're making your debut in front of your own fans. And maybe in a game where you're not losing, you come on against Liverpool in the 1-1 and it's a different situation. You come on against Luton Town this weekend where maybe that's your first game and of course that will be his home debut but it wasn't it wasn't a good debut and then right at the end it just it it just got worse Rahul's eating that delusional corn out in Indiana where they let you feel good and happy about everything that's happened but it's hard to disagree with you you make some very valid points about the pressure and maybe being a fan and just the situation being wrong fitness a lot of things so I repeat what I said. Let's put an asterisk on this performance and just say it is what it is. We are hoping that he's going to get better and come back better. Maybe Pot should have reserved him, knowing that this wasn't a game that maybe Caicedo shouldn't be coming on. Maybe somebody a little more attacking should have come on. But unfortunately, it ends 3-1. Pakata, who cried for most of the game, and Rahul wants to put a bet on how much he would have cried in that game, uh, ends or up scoring a in, <laughs> and scored a penalty. So, <laughs> so ends 3-1. Disappointing. Any positive or silver linings you can take, Rahul, maybe to summarize before we take a break for, from a word for our sponsors? Yes, Raheem Sterling, 20, 25 minutes in that first half. Exceptional, a player that we knew we bought 
and haven't seen regularly. But in that first half, especially after we conceded and after we scored, he was running the show. I mean, he was he was really good. Um, I will give Enzo Jackson a little bit of a credit too because he does pull out that red card. He did come deep. He did create some some spaces, but not that much more from from that point on. Malu Gusto comes in and and. It's just when, away games are tough when you're a young squad like we are, the youngest in the Premier League. Um, but it's a learning opportunity, and that's another positive for me. Is you you look at some of the goals we conceded, and you you have to learn from them. We can't yeah. ha- let that happen again. So it's come early in the season, which is another positive. I'm not I'm trying to turning negatives into positives, um, and we just have to bounce back from this and, and use this next few games where the fixtures are a little bit kinder to us and put up some points on the board. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Hopefully the listeners take some positivity here. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the U.S. and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at FuboTV.com forward slash TPC. All right, guys, we are back. We've talked enough Chelsea for a minute. Let's take a small minute to spend some time on some fixtures that happened in and around the Premier League. Rahul, on Friday afternoon, no Holland, no party for you? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So we obviously played, well, not we, but Manchester City obviously played Newcastle. One nail, it ends to them. And Julian Alvarez scores a lovely goal. I, I must admit, I was watching that and I said, of all the players to score that one, we know he has it in his pocket. Maybe he doesn't get to play as many games, but those things will endear him to maybe Pep to get a few more minutes in game time. And Newcastle were solid, Rahul. I know that Man City have opportunities to break them down, but Newcastle impressed me. I know we had given them some questionable you know, favor towards the beginning of the season where we said maybe they'll get distracted. And yes, Champions League is yet to come, but they're looking like a good team. They also pinched Lewis Hall from us for $35 millions, which includes add-ons, and we've lost another young talent. But he's he's a Newcastle boy at heart and wanted to go, so we'll see how that plays out. But no Holland, no party, my friend. Again, when there are big games against the quote-unquote top six, Holland kind of disappears. Are you disappointed for your fantasy Premier League there, my friend? I'm disappointed for my fantasy Premier League, but I'm not disappointed in general <laughs> because you're – you're right. He does tend to. This is going to be controversial. Stat pad against the lower teams. <laughs> Look at Burnley last weekend. You come up against a top four team in this case, and I mean, I know he got very close and maybe even hit the bar at one point, yeah. but it didn't go in. Um, so that's the the asterisk on his fifty something goals last season. His two goals this season is doing it against the bigger teams, but he also did score against Arsenal. So I don't know if that's a compliment to Arsenal or a compliment to Holland. (laughs) Rahul's picking violence early on in the season, but we'll (laughs) leave it right there. I said Friday early on, I meant Saturday, and it was a packed Saturday, Rahul, earlier in the afternoon. Liverpool Liverpool play Bournemouth, and they win 3-1. Back to winning ways for Liverpool? Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And they had a good performance. Luis Diaz is on the board. Mohamed Salah on the board. Diego Jota. So their front line is getting in and around the goals, which you would expect as the season builds. McAllister does get a red card. He seems a little disappointed. Maybe not settled in the Liverpool game. We talked about maybe cutting Caicedo a break. Maybe we cut McAllister a break. Or Or we say Brighton are the fantastic team at business and have just daylight robberied more than one team this season in the Premier League. But... That remains to be seen. Let's talk about Saturday. It continued, Rahul, a big match, and that was Tottenham versus Manchester United. I don't know if I had any feelings on how this would go. Maybe it would be a tight game. Maybe Man United could have pipped Tottenham to it. No Harry Kane, new manager that's not used to the Premier League, but Rahul, they were sensational. Tottenham Hotspur were all over Man United. 2-0 was a maybe an easy scoreline for United. There could have been a couple more, in fact. It it definitely could have, and I was impressed from Tottenham from what I saw. They've 
they came into this game off of the 2-2 draw against Brentford and a lot of pundits, a lot of experts have been saying, sure, they may score too, but they also leave open a lot of spaces to concede to. And against a team like Manchester United that wants those spaces, that wants those opportunities to counterattack, they didn't concede at all. And sure, against the post comes into play and the goalkeeper comes into play, but they keep that clean sheet and, and Tottenham looked good on the day. Again, it's their first home game. So for United, a, a difficult task because teams want to put up a good performance in that first game and prove to the fans that they can be positive for the season. But Tottenham were the better team. They looked the better side. They looked hungrier. And they put away their chances, which is the, the biggest compliment to them, which United didn't do. Chelsea didn't do this this weekend as well. And for no matter who you have in the squad, how much you've spent and what kind of uh, players or play you, you produce on the pitch, putting the ball in the back of the net is the goal. And Tottenham did it. And on Sunday, we move on to a team that put the ball in the net four times. And that's Aston Villa for Everton nil. And Rahul, I think we said... Unai Emery maybe had that new manager bounce. We watched them in preseason, then they conceded a few goals to Brighton. We said maybe Aston Villa wouldn't be that team this season, but they're starting off strong 4-0 against Everton. I know that the first game against Newcastle didn't go in their favor, but what a way to bounce back with four against Everton. Credit to them, but it, it is Everton. So Fair. that's they, they were good. They did everything right, but Everton just seemed to be... And I'm, I think you predicted them to go down. And based off these performances, you you can't really argue with that. But Aston Villa, hopefully this is the springboard for them to to kick on. Yeah, and made some great signings. Pau Torres comes in and, of course, Nicolo Zaniola. I hope I said that correctly. So maybe a couple more names to light up the Premier League this season and keep it exciting. Finishing off Sunday was Arsenal, the Premier League almost champions. And they fin- finished 1-0 against Crystal Palace, Rahul. They grind out the result. There was a questionable red card in that game, but I think continuing with their good ways are starting the season in a well in a well way so far. Yeah, riding your luck a little bit, scoring when when you're given the opportunity and getting the three points on the board, which if I remember right reading, they hadn't won a Monday night fixture under Arteta, and they go ahead and do that. And I think back to when he came in. Yeah. What was it the the season the COVID season, and he did win the FA Cup. But since then they've been they at one point were close to relegation. We bantered them for that. They I think they finished <laughs> top ten at that point. They finished eighth, fifth, and so I bring it back to us. And I'm not saying that those are our goals or that's where we should be. But you almost have to give it some time. You have to give it some seasons really to to ultimately reap the benefits of what is being put into place but coming back to arsenal they're one of three teams to have won their first two games which will will give them confidence going forward and we'll see how that shapes out as the season progresses let's move on rahul back to chelsea back to the next game that we're coming up against luton this week and luton coming off from a bit more of a rest i think they were not able to play their previous game at home it was postponed their stadium is not ready or maybe not adequate might be the right term for Premier League. They're doing some renovations and some work there to get it ready. So we'll use their first game they played against Brighton. And Brighton, Rahul, we know what they bring to the table. Very strong, very organized, almost, dare I say, classy with the finishing as well. It's 4-1 to, to Brighton. Luton do manage to get a goal in there, so maybe that's the silver lining for them. They're coming to Stamford Bridge, Rahul, on Friday. How do you feel about this game? Walk me through. Not everybody can see us because we're not doing YouTube today, but I can see Rahul's a little worried, a little hesitant. It is Luton, Rahul, and we've pipped them for getting relegated this season. Southampton beat us last season. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point, my friend. Fair point. (laughs) I, I, I shake my head or I put my head down in my hands because it's not that I don't think we can do it, but it's almost like I know better, right? I know I know our team. I know where things can sh- happen where we concede the first goal and, and can't find an equalizer or can't find uh, a way to get back into the game. But you have to say, 
if if we can't win this kind of a game at home, we're really in trouble, regardless of if we sign players or we don't, we have injuries or we don't, we have new players or we don't. Like, this is a team or this is a, a, a game, and no disrespect to Luton, but it's a much bigger occasion for them. It's an occasion where yeah. they get to travel to one of the biggest clubs in Europe and just experience that atmosphere on a Friday night experience playing against the strongest or the, the most expensive midfield in the world of <laughs> Enzo and Caicedo. And I, it's just something that we need to make it so difficult for them, not just on the pitch. Wow, this was really difficult for us. And, and we got to learn from this before we go into the other fixtures down the, down the road. But I'm, I'm also like, I'm like 99% like, yes, we got will win this. And then there's a 1% in me that, that is just a little concerned and, and afraid to even think about the unthinkable, which is Luton coming out and, and putting on a performance, staying deep, doing everything that you'd expect from, from a team that's the underdog and pulling out a result. Wouldn't that be something that Luton pull out a result at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea? I mean, listen, you made a good point. Southampton showed us something last year. I cannot even say that with a straight face because I know that was just something ridiculous that happened. So it's throwing me off. But Rahul, coming back to the game, do you expect Chelsea to play with the back four, maybe a 4-2-3-1, or do you expect Pochettino to stick with his 3-4-3 that he's been persisting with? And, and remember, we've had quite a few injuries so far. I think it'll really come down to how fitness-wise Caicedo and or Lavia are doing. Because if he feels that he can play one or the other or both with Enzo, then he's definitely going to go back to that back four and, and allow us to have a stronger presence in the second half or kind of the upper half of the pitch. But if he feels that we need more defensive players and we need to kind of hold it down against Luton, then I do think we'll go to a back three. But Caicedo played 30 minutes, so you almost think he has another 30 plus 15, 20 minutes. So maybe he plays an hour this time, starts the game, and then comes off for maybe a Lavia who can then play 30 minutes. But I'm just speculating at this point. Yeah, listen, I think you said some good things. Chelsea need to be able to almost dominate against a team of Luton. And I mean that with full respect. We're also home. So Rahul, for the sake of the argument, let's hope and say that we're going to go with a 4-2-3-1. Let's say that Pochettino is going to go with the team that he's been maybe touting for all preseason. Obviously, Rob Sanchez and goal. Rahul, we've even, we haven't even talked about the fact that Chelsea have signed another goalkeeper while we've been recording, but that's happened. That is what it is. A back four, I'm assuming Gusto on the right, Chilwell on the left. Who are the, the two in the middle of the back four? I will go with Thiago Silva and Levi Cole. Okay, so Desasi is going to sit on the bench for this one, and I think that might be okay based on his performance, based on time getting used to the Premier League. Pivot, are you going with Enzo and Caicedo, or are you trying to squeeze in Lavia for his debut this time around? <laughs> I'm going to go with Enzo and Caicedo, with Lavia coming in the second half. Second half, awesome. Okay. A three behind the striker. I think the striker will be Nicholas Jackson. That's pretty straightforward. Who are the three that are going to play behind him? It's going to be Connor, Sterling on the right, and actually, I'm going to move Sterling over to the left and bring Madueke in on the right. I was going to say Mudrik on the left, but it just seems like he doesn't have Pochettino's full trust yet. And it might just be a game where he comes on in the second half. So Sterling, Connor, and Madueke. Yeah, and listen, I think that's a lineup that most Chelsea fans would call for. It could be a 4-2-3-1. It could be a 4-3-3, Rahul, given that Connor is maybe used to playing that 8 role or that 10 role, in fact, and can cover both positions. And we know that he's good at pressing, so that'll be a nice opportunity to see a little more attacking and maybe a little more link-up with Nicholas Jackson as well. I want to save your Mudrik comment for another episode so we can dive into that one a little bit later. But let me push... We're putting a pin. We're going to put a pin <laughs> in the Mudrik conversation. We don't have that much time and energy to cover Mudrik today. But let's talk about a scoreline, Rahul. Luton coming to the quote-unquote mighty Chelsea. We've not been so good so far. We've had a bad season before. Not preseason, sorry. Uh, what do you think the result and the scoreline will be, sir? Oh, man. 
first time they're here since in a league game since 1991. Yep. We won that 2-0. So I will take a 1-0 for Chelsea. It sounds sounds stressful, <laughs> sounds hectic, sounds edge of the seat kind of stuff, but a 1-0 give me my first 3 points of the season and let's just let's just move on. Listen, I think that's fair. I'll take a win as well. On paper, Rahul, my mind and my heart says, let's kill Luton. Let's go for a 4-0. And I think that we can just put on some beautiful football. However, I'm going to reel myself back in. I'm going to put that excitement down below. And I think I'm going to go for a 2-1. Let Luton have a little chance and give us a little of a heart scare. But Chelsea will come back with a 2. I'm looking for Nicholas Jackson to score his first Premier League goal as well. And maybe Madueke chips in or maybe Sterling with the second one there. So... 2-1, and, and we go home winners. So, Rahul, I'll pass it over to you to wrap it up and maybe take us home from here. So, no clean sheet, even <laughs> even against... <laughs> Listen, baby steps, my friend. We're building. We're building from here. All right. I mean, look, a win is a win is a win. Who's who? I think Tuchel said that at one point, too. <laughs> um, not to bring him up again. But, yeah, it's, it's honestly, for the sake of our fans for the sake of our owners for the sake of the new signings and for the sake of Pochettino who already has some corners of Chelsea fans asking for him to not make it to the end of the season uh this is a game that we absolutely need to win and it's strange to say this early in the season three games in uh but it is Chelsea and and Pochettino himself has said it that we're here to win So let's get that win. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on all podcast providers and on Instagram and on Twitter. It's at Premier Premier Chelsea. But we will be back, hopefully, discussing a positive three points, first three points of the season. Uh, But until then, stay safe and up the Chelsea. Hey, guys. The Premier Chelsea is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.